G'day everybody and welcome back to the Extras. My name is Sam. And I'm Jack. It's great to be with you for another week of uh, what I think are some fantastic questions out of our, our series on Proverbs. Uh, we're week three in, Jack, and that's been been really, yeah, just super encouraging having Dan Wu with us. Uh, just give us a bit of a, a recap for those perhaps who, who weren't there or just catching up at this point of the week. Uh, what were we doing on Sunday uh, on ch- at church? Yeah, Dan's third talk in Proverbs. Uh, yeah, it was really helpful. I got so much out of Sunday. We were looking at Proverbs 25 in particular, and Dan, I guess bigger picture is helping us to see, uh, going beyond just one single proverb, how mm. do we look at Proverbs as a whole chapter? Yeah. Particularly a chapter like 25, where Dan showed us some of the links that bind this whole chapter together. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we saw a, a lot of, uh, I guess, meditation and wisdom reflecting on this issue of power. So it's yeah. a passage about kings, about servants, about uh, lots of references to honey and, you know, Mm. doing too much of things. And yeah, um, lots in there and we'll unpack some of those things as we go through. But really thinking about uh, the power structures that God has set us up with, you know, we each have power in different situations, different relationships. How do we use that for the good Mm. of others and to Mm. be a refreshment to those we serve and to see God's peace and righteousness established in the world yeah uh, it was really really helpful and uh, and i was struck even on a just on a simpler level just by the way in which uh seeing proverbs as a web that kind of paints a worldview for me in terms of how to live wisely in the circumstances that i find myself i found that really helpful and, mm. and just reading bigger chunks of proverbs rather than uh, that that helped me to kind of have a way to get into the book rather than just sort of that's an interesting proverb that's another one but seeing uh, bigger chunks and seeing how they they link together that was really really helpful i thought yeah it's a wonderful image isn't it yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into some of the questions maybe i'll ask you one first sam so yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks again it. for your questions um we love them we love to engage and go deeper yep first question a bit of a bigger picture thing who were these proverbs written for yeah um really helpful question and uh at that point uh there is a bit of information in uh proverbs itself and so it's good to sort of zoom out and uh uh, back in chapter one um we get told actually uh that these are the proverbs of solomon uh so written by him uh, verse two for gaining wisdom and uh, and instruction for understanding words of insight for receiving instruction in prudent behavior doing what is right just and fair giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. So mm-hmm. it's, it's quite an all-encompassing picture there. It, it's not only for the simple to kind of get going on the, the kind of way of wisdom, but even for those who are learned to develop and go deeper in their wisdom. Uh, so I think at one sense, proverbs lays itself out as being for all people. Yeah. Um, but there is a sense in which it's also it, it has the the way it's voiced at least in the start of uh, the the book that it's uh, a father speaking to a, a son, you know, a, an older man passing on wisdom to a younger man, and we sort of, I guess, as readers adopt that uh, kind of position of the the younger one listening to the to the wisdom of an of an elder. Yeah, you see, like a verse like one chapter one verse eight. Mm. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Yeah, so the picture right. is, you know, wise King, King Solomon yep. with his, you know, sons in the royal court training mm. them up. You know, one of them is going to be the king one day. It's that yep. kind of 
like Dan said in the talk, it's this, yeah, the royal court passing on the wisdom image. That's right. But like you said, it also presents this to us as this is for the simple to get started and the mature to keep going. This is mm. for, and it's God's word to us. It's for all God's people for us to be yeah. growing wisdom in the bigger frame as yeah. well. And I, and I guess the other thing to say is that it was written uh, in the time where God's people, Israel, were living in the land, uh, 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 in mm. God's place. Uh, and so it was written for God's, God's people. Um, and, and so I guess for us, it continues to be God's word to us as God's people. Um, and uh, it, it's not just about kind of, it's, it's not as simple as kind of some of our proverbs like a stitch in nine saves nine, which are, you know, general wisdom for all people. This is really about how to be one of God's people and live wisely as, as one of God's family, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, helpful. Okay. Uh, well, let, let me ask you one, uh, Jack, um, uh, as we kind of get into the text a little bit now. So come to verse 22. Um, yeah. Dan was talking about uh, some of the different ways that that verse can perhaps be understood. Uh, the, the verse speaks about uh, kind of coals and an enemy's head. And um, Dan was making the point, look, it's, it's hard to work out whether the Hebrew that sits behind this is saying that you're heaping the burning coals on their head or you're snatching the coals off the head and uh, you sort of got to make a decision as a translator which way to take it. Um, a couple of questions on, on this issue. One question asking, look, why does the NIV go the other way to the way Dan went? Mm. Um, and, uh, and secondly, why, when it's quoted in the New Testament, it, it seems to take the more negative one of, of heaping burning coals on. So, um, Jack, you're our resident Hebrew <laughs> kind of guy. Uh, what, what's your wisdom here? Yeah, I mean, I think Dan set forward the options really helpfully. So, um, the word in the, the verb in verse 22 is this kind of snatch or take word. So, it's, you know, you will snatch the coals on the head. So, mm. that could be snatch them and put them on the head or snatch them off the From head. From being so, on the head to no longer. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, th like, there's this genuine case of ambiguity. And yeah. yep. um, in other parts of the Bible, uh, when there are those kinds of ambiguities, normally the context and the, the flow of the whole argument helps mm. you to. Um, wrestle through which those options the author most likely intended here and yeah. I think the the kind of the model that Dan set forward for us on that was that kind of thing and mm. you see there the uh, the flow that he suggested to us it was this um, well you know being the refreshment being the, the frozen coke that kind of thing mm. um, I, I find it quite a hard thing to decide um, yeah when you see the flow in Romans 12 which is where this is quoted yep. Paul quotes it um, he's talking about vengeance uh, Romans 12, 19, do not take revenge, my dear mm. friends, but leave room for God's wrath, yeah. for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. And mm. that's where the Proverbs quote yeah, comes right. in. Yeah. I mean, like the bigger question here, when you have this kind of issue, um, for starters, if you're just reading an English Bible, you wouldn't be alert to this, right? Because mm. if you have the NIV there... All that you see is what the NIV says. Mm -hmm. um, it's wonderful that we have, uh, you know, Bible teachers like Dan. We have plenty of resources to help us get into the Bible. If you're reading Proverbs yourself, you can pick up a commentary and read it alongside it, and you'll get to see this kind of decision that's there. The translator has to make a call one way or the other, right? Like uh, the translator's job is to, to give us what their kind of best take on what this says. And our mm -hmm. translations are wonderful, and mm -hmm. like we have, we're blessed. With Fantastic English translation, translations. The NIV is great. The ESV is great. The CSB is great. We've got all these great options. Yeah. Um, it is challenging sometimes when you come to this kind of thing. It can be a bit, a bit unsettling to hear a preacher say something like, oh, this is a better way to put it. Mm. Um, I'd encourage you not to be unsettled by that. Um, not least of all because, I mean, 
whichever decision you make on this particular verse, it's not like there's heaps at stake here, right? Like mm. the gospel doesn't hang on this verse one way or the other. And even either way, whichever way you read it, like the point is give your enemy something to eat, right? Like the whichever, whichever reason it is, is that because it's going to shame him more? Is it because it's going to take away the shame? Like, yeah, I think it's important to reflect on that and wrestle it through and reading through the, the commentary, that kind of thing will help you. But mm. The, the kind of the big point there is the same either way. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, no, I, I think that's right. I think it is difficult. Um, it's it's probably particularly difficult in these kind of Hebrew poetry couplets. I, I find them mm. uh, in in terms of where you see this stuff, and it is in these poetic images. When in narrative, I don't think you have this stuff quite as quite as yeah. substantially. I I, I don't think. Um, but it is tricky. Um, but I think Dan set out the the model for us. Read mm. the context around it and see. Uh, if that gives uh, any insight. And so I think at that point, um, yeah, I, I think that's a good way to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. We'll keep going. Yep. Uh, next question is looking at uh, Proverbs chapter 24. And the question asker has just said, how do we interpret or apply Proverbs mm. chapter 25 verse 24? Maybe I'll read that for us as well. Thank you. Uh, it says, better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Mm. Um, I don't have to worry about this verse because I don't have one of those. So <laughs> I've got um... <laughs> my my roof doesn't have a corner to live on, so I've got no choice. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I also agree with you on the, the white front too. Uh, good, good question. And I mean, Dan, Dan made a good little gag on that last <laughs> night, sort of saying, uh, "I was going to say something about it, but my wife would argue with me, so yeah. I'm not going to say anything." So, like those. Yeah, um, I'm sure she wouldn't. Um, mm. But uh, uh, I, um, how do we think it through? Um, well, I guess it's saying a couple of things. One, I think it's it's pointing to the fact that who you marry is uh, is a very big decision. So mm. don't, don't rush into that and marry someone who, uh, in years ahead, you are going to resent living under the same roof as them. Um, and uh, so, so make that choice carefully. Mm. Um, uh, think think hard about who it is that you are, are uh, choosing to marry, and, and choose wisely. Um, because marriage is, is forever and uh, yeah and, and people uh, people can develop but they don't fundamentally change I yeah. think is, is something that I that I have, have seen as in myself and, and in Soph as we've been married for longer we, we're both growing but we're still fundamentally the same people and mm. so uh, if you find that you are with someone who is quarrelsome and I don't think even though here it's put in the terms of a, of a quarrelsome wife I think that the point uh, applies across the uh, across the genders someone who is argumentative and, and uh, sort of always having a go and uh, yeah be, be cautious <laughs> um, that, yeah. that will be something that you have to live with for for the long term so I don't know um, I think yeah, I think that's definitely an important start. And I think there's always more to say as well. Like and like you know, like we keep saying the proverbs, they give us the the kind of nugget to meditate on and think mm. further through. Like I think part of the picture here is this proverb gives you a glimpse into the nature of human marriage. Every mm. marriage is between two sinful people, yep. and every marriage is difficult. Like yep. there's a you know, there's almost like proverbs kind of resonates with us here and. There's a, there's a picture here of just the, the frustration that at some point is there, I think, in every marriage. And yeah. to, to greater, you know, there's, you know, the quarrelsome wife is this particularly, you know, this picture of argumentativeness. Mm. But I think we're all a little bit quarrelsome at times, right? There's always going to be yeah. um, a part of this in, in all of us. So there's, there's something there to, um, yeah, to help us 
give yeah get this kind of reflects it back to us and you know almost empathizes with us when we are on the receiving end of that i think there's also on the flip side there's an encouragement here if you are married don't be the quarrelsome person mm. like strive to yeah. be, be gracious and and if you are naturally mm. more argumentative then keep seeking to put that to death and be mm. someone who seeks to live at peace with the other and causes as little friction as you can you know yeah. that kind of thing too yeah i think that's exactly right um and also i guess to sort of round it all out so so be careful who you marry. Be careful who you are. Don't don't mm. be the quarrelsome person. Um, but also just be aware that that marriage is um, is fraught. Sometimes I think when, when uh, marriage can be idealised to this point of when I when I get married, all my problems will go away, um, and mm. so quickly find me someone to marry, and and you know as, as if that's gonna fix everything but I think this passage is saying well, be really careful about that marriage can actually amplify problems uh, yeah and so just you know it's not the not, not the ultimate solution to everything yeah helpful yeah okay uh, very good well let, let's uh, push on um, Dan is the uh, illustration of uh, the, the frozen coke um, and uh, he, he Someone texted him, look, do you have any practical tips on being the frozen coke in the workplace? Ah, uh, yes, okay, so this came from verse 13, is that right? Like a snow cool drink at harvest time Yeah. is the trustworthy messenger to the one who sends him. Yeah, oh, I've gone out of order here, my apologies. Why don't we keep going that? We can, we can, we'll go right, with that one again, yeah. we'll come back, sorry about that. No, no, it's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is such a great question to think through. Let, let's get practical and think, yeah, how do you, if the, if the goal here is to, to be someone who seeks to serve and refresh those who are in power over you, what does mm. that look like? Mm. I'm not sure there's stacks of things to say, but yeah, let's just come up with a, a couple of examples. Mm. I think that uh, if, you're, you know, if you're in the workplace, you're thinking about how do I relate to my boss, I think it's worth asking, how can you, um, how can you make their life easy? Um, you know, in, in any decision that you make, you have the chance to, as you're being asked to, to take on the next project or take on the next assignment, like, mm. are you going to bristle at that and be bitter and frustrated and say, oh, you know, I don't want to do that or I did that last time? Or, or are you going to have the mindset of how can I, you know, make things easier for my boss? How can I be uh, agreeable and support mm. them and, and back the decisions they make? I think that's something to be said for how do you... How do you set your boss up to win in their job? Like, mm. you know, your boss is seeking to execute the orders of their boss, you know, and how can you, you know, be a support to your leader and, and help them to achieve the objectives that they're seeking to achieve? Yeah. yeah. That mindset of, I want to, I'm not just in this for myself and making it as easy as I can and making as little work for myself as I can. I want to help mm. my boss to achieve what they're trying to do. Yeah. I think that's certainly true in terms of thinking about the, the, uh, the purposes of, of the place that you're, that you're working and, um, but I think also just being mindful of relationships because mm. um, most of us have to work with someone or someone's. And uh, so, so being mindful of relationships, uh, listening to people, uh, thinking through individuals, how can I help them? How can I be a willing co-worker with them and, and uh, make their life better? And, and I guess having the attitude of I want to be a blessing to them in some way. Um, mm. And so, I mean, just a, a practical thing from, from where I work, I mean, uh, here at church, um, at, in the middle of last year, once we all kind of came back to start working in the office again after, um, you know, COVID lockdown and all being home, everyone was, I noticed, was pretty glum and pretty down. <laughs> yeah, uh, funny that, hey? Everything felt hard and difficult. And um, I was chatting with um, Phil Gunning, who's um, on staff here and uh, kind of uh, runs all of our operations. And we, we spotted a, a coffee machine down in the in the basement that we'd 
had, had lying around for a little while. I said, let's get that set up and let's try and work out a, a way. Let, let's put coffee on every day at about the same time, 10, 10.30 kind of thing. And let's just invite everyone every day and let's just serve them by putting coffee on, you know, um, just 15 minutes, let's look after them, give them something in the day that's, that's positive and good. And it's amazing to watch the way that that's really um, lifted the spirits of the team and the way that now people people who know that that's happening so I'm trying to organize their meetings to kind of coalesce <laughs> around around that 10 o'clock mark I certainly do and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and they'll, they'll kind of rock up for coffee and and it's it's funny how like that came from um, just trying to think through how can I how can we be it wasn't just me it was me and Phil how, how can we be a, a blessing uh, and kind of a frozen coke well in this case a nice warm, hot drink yeah that's right. <laughs> cup of coffee <laughs> yeah. um, to uh, to those who are in our workplace and, and I think that that's that kind of mindset which is not really connected to the, the the things that we're doing in the rest of our work but actually it actually kind of lubricates and helps mm. the workplace that everybody kind of then has a positive kind of day and kind of goes from there feeling up and then I think probably works better yeah it's yeah. kind of like going the extra mile. It's, you know, this isn't your this isn't your job as in no. your task list, but this is just trying that's to right. make life nice for people. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a great example. I'm I'm personally very grateful yeah, for that service you provide every day. It's yeah, great. there's a little <laughs> little, little self interest in it. Yeah. Well, but, you know, no, no, it's okay. Everyone wins there. It's yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're coming back to verse twenty seven yeah, this time. Get back on track. Yeah, so I'll skip that one. Yeah, no, we'll come back to it. All right, so. Um, Verse 27, uh, it is not good to eat too much honey, mm. nor is it honourable to search out matters that are too deep. Mm. I had a couple of questions on this. Um, yep. Yeah, what does it mean to search out matters that are too deep here? Yeah. Um, someone's asked, for, can you give us an example of that? Another question says, uh, in the context of Proverbs, what are these deep matters? And does that relate to how we try and understand God, potentially? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to text this question myself, actually. I was sort of <laughs> reflecting on this during Dan's sermon yesterday mm. and, and um, have sort of pondered it a little bit over the last um, a little while as we've been preparing. I think in the context, I think the person who's asked, how does it fit in the context of Proverbs? That, I think, is such a helpful way to approach this uh, question because mm. what is this chapter of Proverbs really kind of about it's about knowing your place and knowing where you fit uh, in the various relationships that you find yourself in whether that's in the court of the king you know mm. don't don't try and lift yourself up in case you be sort of put back down in your place I think it's at verse 5 and 6 and yeah. with your neighbour kind of understand the don't overstay don't, don't push your way in you know know your place a little bit and, and I think it what it's ultimately getting at is wherever you find yourself understand that there are some things that perhaps you don't need to know. Mm. Um, and sometimes, you know, if that's in a family, sometimes there are things that parents talk about that the kids just don't need to know about that mum and dad look after and, and that's okay. I think similarly, um, bosses can have, uh, you know, they have to worry about issues on the, on a board level or on a, you know, that, that kind yeah. of level that if you're kind of more in the operation side of things, you, you don't have to worry about that's not your responsibility. And so I think part of what it's saying is don't sort of stick your head in where it doesn't belong. In, in, if it's if it's sort of beyond your pay grade, it's mm. it's okay not to know everything about it. I think that's that's the thrust here. Does it relate to our relationship with God though? Yeah, I think that um, there's a link in the passage, uh, kind of just in the wording of it, which Dan did point us to. So it comes back to the start of the chapter, so verses two. And three, verse two says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Mm. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. As the heavens are high and the earth is deep, so the hearts of the kings are unsearchable. Mm. So 
I think that in the bigger frame, I mean, there is potentially this this sense in which the things of God are these deep mysteries, mm. and um, uh, could it be that some of those are too deep for us to probe, if you like? And I think the answer to that is yes, because the rest yeah. of the Bible tells us. Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine says the secret things belong to the Lord, yeah. but those things that have been revealed for for us now for our uh, for our children. Mm. Um, so I think big picture, yes, there are things about God that. We don't know mm. because we only know about God what he tells us because God is far above us and far mm. outside our world and the only way we can know anything about him is if he chooses to reveal it to us and mm. in God's wisdom he hasn't revealed us absolutely everything about him. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the main thing that this chapter is pointing us to because as you mm. said, Sam, like I think the context here is primarily this thing about the order that God has set up and our place within it. So I think that's true more broadly, but I think the, mm. the first instance, the application here is to the things that are too deep in the human mm. relationships and structures that we live in. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what, what might that look like in, in, in practice, I guess, is how, how might you live that out? Yeah, I mean, things like you suggested, I think, are helpful. Um, knowing uh, when it's right for you to say, yep, I don't need to know that, that's okay. Um, mm. Like the parenting example you gave is helpful. Mm. I, I think one of the challenges, like, I mean, we live in this in this age where we are so concerned to see every bit of information brought to light um, mm. because we're aware of the way that uh, our power structures and our governments fail, right? And sometimes mm. governments keep things secret because they're, you know, covering something up which went wrong and there's there's a right place for, you know, those sorts of things to be brought to light. Mm. At the same time, there's there's uh, situations in which our governments need to keep information hidden, right? Like for, for, our, for our army and our defence forces to have, you know, mm. covert classified military secrets because they protect the lives of people who are serving our armed forces, like, that's a good and right thing. So, yeah. pra in practice, I mean, working those things out, that's tricky. And, mm. you know, like everything in Proverbs, it's wisdom. And yeah. in a case-by-case -case situation, weighing those things up is going to just take the, the wisdom of God that we seek to grow in. Yeah, no, that, that's very helpful. Um, thanks, mate. Yeah. All right. Um, we're into me. No, no. Uh, Where I think are we? <laughs> Martin, uh, let me see if I can get the order right. So we should be on to pro uh, chapter divisions. Is it's that like right? it's, you know, it's all a web, right? Like it's not a yeah. linear thing. It's just we're bouncing around. Yeah, it's yeah. Proverbs. Yeah, You're very great. Chapter divisions. Right? Right? I made yeah. a big mistake. Got us on the wrong <laughs> question. Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, okay. What do we make of the chapter divisions from Proverbs ten to verse uh, chapter twenty nine? So, um, yeah, I mean, we we last night were looking at a chapter. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, what, what do we make of chapters? Where, when did they? Do we know when they got added, um, and and how firmly should we sort of use them to, as the division points in the text? Yeah, great question. I mean, first and most obvious thing to say is that the chapter and verse divisions in your Bible are not a part of the original inspired text. Mm. You know, when Solomon was writing down his first edition of the first bit of Proverbs, he wasn't putting in little numbers like yep. um, the. I can't remember the exact specifics, but our our verse divisions, in particular in the Old Testament, were added by uh, a bunch of Jewish scribes who were copying the Old Testament in kind of the seventh to eleventh centuries AD, uh, so a thousand years after Jesus even. Mm. Uh, the chapter divisions came even later, so a medieval monk dude um, put the chapters in at some point. So these are things that added much later. Um, mm. They are helpful. Um, I mean, they're a way of organising the text. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. it'd be pretty hard to point to a specific verse like you know chapter twenty-five, verse twenty-four, if you didn't have the numbers. So oh, just an aside, it's like when you, if you've ever preached at a wedding, um, and and the couple, in order to keep the the order of service looking really pretty, they take out the verse numbers <laughs> and try to direct the congregation to. You want to say it's there in verse twenty. 
three, but there's no numbers. It's like line seven and the fourth word oh, along. Or... Impossible. So if you're getting married, keep the verse numbers in your order. So anyway, nice. little side, side note there. Yeah. Um, carry on. Um, the pro- I mean, the problem with them is like if you think that these are, you know, very rigorous structural units and take them as, you know, clad in iron, this is how God's word is chopped up into bits. Like that's yep. just not how they work. Yeah. Um, Proverbs does have some pretty clear structural markers. Yep. Um, so if you look at, for example, at the start of chapter 10, I think we sort of talked about this last week, but... Yep. Yep. Proverbs 1 to 9, you have these longer, uh, more reflective kind of poems that go on for a while. Yep. And in the start of uh, chapter 10, chapter 10, verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise yep. son brings joy to his father, and yep. on it goes. So you yep. get this clear indication, all right, we're kind of, this is the start of this collection of mm. Solomon's Proverbs. Yep. You get another one of those at the start of chapter 25, which is our chapter. So mm. chapter 25, verse 1, these are more Proverbs of Solomon compiled by the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Mm. So you have a few points where there's this clear marker, all right, we're in kind of a new section. I think there's about four or five discrete sections of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. So we kind of know that um, chapter 25, at least the start of chapter 25, is this start of a new unit. Mm-hmm. One of the things Dan showed us that's quite helpful is how, I think he gave us a couple of touch points how this chapter flows. So uh, he pointed out how verses 2 and verse 16 and verse 27 have these repeated words of, honey and things that are too deep and secrets, that kind of thing. Mm. So I think there's a good case to be made that 25 versus 1 to 27 is like this discrete unit of Proverbs. And that's the unit that Dan preached to us on Sunday. Mm. It's interesting that verse 28, um, I don't think Dan did touch on so much, and it probably does kind of potentially fall outside this unit. So Mm. this could be an instance where the person who put the chapter divisions maybe just got it slightly wrong and that happens and that's mm. that's okay like i think every you know division out there there's the weak book say oh I, I wish the chapter division was somewhere different yep. i felt this a lot preaching genesis 25 to 35 last mm. year the 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 isaac and jacob cycle i reckon the chapter divisions <laughs> there really bad whoever yeah. was putting those in massively <laughs> stuff i would have done it very differently but you know i'm sure they had their reasons and yep. it's a subjective thing at some level and it's not inspired anyway so don't be too bound by it that, that's exactly right so yeah, hopefully that's helpful. Uh, and I guess the bigger picture here is, is follow the hints in the text. Mm. Um, and so you can see one at 25. Um, and, and it's worth, I mean, hopefully many of you have been just reading Proverbs over the last month and, and reading the chapters. And you'll see those little markers, you know, um, that, that indicate that this is a section. Um, and uh, and that's, yeah, a good commentary can help you with that as mm. well. Um, yeah, that, as you're reading along. Nice. All right. All right, next one. Uh Coming on to a few questions, thinking about how we apply some of these ideas, mm-hmm. particularly about um, power and some of those categories that Dan gave us. Yes. How do you balance using your power to serve with letting others serve you so that you don't burn out? Mm. Yeah, I'm I, I sort of pondering this question a little bit. I, 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 get, I, I do get what it's getting at. I think it's, it's, it's uh, pointing at that reality that sometimes as you're serving others, you... you, you uh, wear yourself out mm. and uh, and it's trying to I think just be mindful of, of um, how to make sure that you don't burn out in the service of others yeah um, I have noticed however just culturally just an observation is that, that that's become a very popular modern thought and, and it's kind of characterized by the whole me time idea which self-care is self-care mm. mindfulness all, all that stuff you know you're so busy serving others make sure you take some time for yourself mm. And I, and I get, I really do get what that's getting at. Yeah. Um, however, I think it's, it's, it's a little bit different to the worldview of Proverbs. And, and I think sometimes reading Proverbs is good because it, it sort of bumps us out of our culture and, and helps us to think 
um, differently. And, and I think what Proverbs is doing is being perhaps a little bit less a little bit less individualistic, mm. me serving you or serving me, but actually us serving in community. And so I think the idea is that Proverbs paints the idea of a, of a community of people who are each doing whatever they can, whatever their position in, in the community, to make others' lives a blessing. And mm. So it's not like a, I'll serve you for a while and then I'll take five and serve me and then I'll get back to serving you. It's actually we are persistently and consistently always thinking of others. And yeah. that, that to me is a different worldview to the, to the hyper-individualism that, that we live and breathe. And so I, I think just as we get into it, that's a helpful sort of mm. just gentle correction into even the way yeah. that we think about this. But yeah. There's still something in this that I there think is. is important to affirm because, yeah. yeah, like if you are only ever pouring out and mm. you do that to such an extent that you burn out, that's not helpful for anyone because mm. then not only, you know, it's, you've kind of wrecked yourself, but then you can't continue to serve others, right? Like it, sure. it's sort of self-defeating um, in the long term. Yep. So I think there is, I mean, I get it. there's all yeah. sorts of things to say there. Like, um, yeah, I guess one, I guess, you know, I guess, sorry, in a similar kind of vein, like it's not just about you needing to be served by others so that you can be filled up to serve as well. It's also mm. you needing to be filled up by the love and faithfulness and grace of God, which I think yeah. is also part of the picture that Dan's been trying to help us see from Proverbs, that yeah. it starts with God who is love and faithfulness and is he, you know, it's the, the Jonathan Edwards mirror yeah. picture, right? Like his yeah. glory shines on us so that we can then mm. shine back. So, you know, continuing to reflect on the grace of God and, and read yeah. his word and, and be, be filled up by him. It's mm. not so much being served by the people. Like that's one of the ways that God's grace comes to us, but it it's is. not the primary thing. Yeah. Keep being filled up by God so that you might be poured out to others. I think that's really, really helpful that, that ultimately it is God who gives us rest and gives us refreshment. Mm. Um, and, and it's that picture of the mirror, isn't it? You know, mm. the, the, the sun shining and the mirror reflecting back to God. Um, it is from, from the sun or from God that our, that our refreshment comes. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so please, sorry, don't, don't hear me saying don't, no me time, yeah, <laughs> no, right. no self-care. <laughs> self-care's okay, but I, I guess I'm just trying to put it in the sense of mm. community um, where, whereby there's mutual service to yeah. each other and that it's not sort of um, so individualistic, I guess, yeah. is, is what I'm trying to, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, quite happy with the label of self-care with the caveat that it's not just me caring for myself for the sake of myself because I'm the most important person in the world. Mm. It's me caring for myself so that I can be recharged to then care for others and honor mm. God. So I think, yeah, seeing it, like you said, in that community light, it's really important. As you are serving others, yeah. God willing, they, they are going to be serving you. And as we grow together in this community, sharing mm. together, like, yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's the picture we're striving for. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let's... I think we're on our last one. Okay, right? good. What number should it be? Uh, Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Somewhere in the web. It's... <laughs> Again, we're zeroing on the centre of the web or something. Yeah, yeah good. Uh, for those who are the bosses, um, who are they trying to refresh? Uh, or is this communism in action with leaders serving the people? That's an interesting question. This is a really fascinating question. And if this, if this is your question, one level I'd love to chat to you more, particularly, do you mean communism in a positive or negative light? And I can't quite tell from the question. Anyway, I mean, mm. what to say? So I guess, you know, we're thinking about the issue of, you know, being the frozen Coke to the person... Mm you serve if you are the one at the top of the ladder who is it that you're refreshing because there's mm. no one above you right yeah i mean even in this chapter of proverbs i think the picture is that there's no one who has no one above them because even the king is answerable to god yeah so ultimately if you are 
you know, if you're the president of the United States and you, are, you know, the highest person in the world possible, still God is the one who's above you. So there's, you know, there's never anyone who has no one ahead um, in that sense. Yep. But still, if you are the leader, uh, what does it look like? Um, mm. I think understanding the second part of the question is key to wrestling with the first. Um, is leadership, you know, just leaders serving the people? Um, if that's cast in a negative light in this question, I think that's an issue because I think godly leadership, the kind of leadership that God sets forward anyway in books mm. like Proverbs and elsewhere, is always leaders serving the people. Mm. And isn't that the example that Jesus set for us, right? Like like mm. Dan showed us in his second reading. Uh, Jesus came mm. not to be served, but to serve. Mm. And he said, you know, if, um, if that's what he did, certainly we're not greater than our master. If, mm. if you're going to be a leader in any capacity, a leader in God's people or a leader in the workplace, wherever you are, to be a leader is to serve people. Mm. It's like we have, you know, the leader of our government is the prime minister. That word minister historically derives from the words for service, ministry, right? Exactly. Prime (laughs) minister, the first servant. He's the one who ultimately is seeking to do good for the people. Mm. So if you are in a position of leadership, who are you seeking to refresh? I mean, at one level, everyone you lead. Mm. You're seeking to lead not for your own sake, not for your own advantage, but for the good of the people who God has entrusted to you in whatever capacity that is, whether it's a team at church or whether it's a team in the workplace. Mm. If you're a leader and you're just not at all thinking about the people who are a part of your team, then mm. I think you're failing to lead them because to lead is to put the needs of others first and to care for them and to seek to do good yeah. in them even as you seek to do good through them and the work that your team does. Mm. And, and I wonder if, again, hard to, I'd love to talk to the person who's asked the question, but um, I, I wonder if it's it's perceiving what was said yesterday as you only serve up the chain as mm. if you you only serve someone over you in authority and what do you do when you get to the top of the chain there's no one left to serve i don't think that's quite what dan was saying i think he was saying is that organizations of people um there's flow moving moving throughout and, and understanding where you fit in that your your goal is then to bless those around you. Mm. So it may be that you're at the bottom of the chain and then that looks like you serving someone above you. But it may also be that you're at the top of the chain and your goal is to serve those around and below and uh, that, that you've been placed over. Mm. Um, and, and whatever your position, I, I think, is the mindset of Proverbs, that you are there for the good of others uh, with a desire to bless rather than to take. And, yeah. and I think this is perhaps what I was getting at in, in my previous answer about this is all worked out in community and mm. I think when this works well if you've ever been in a team or a, an organisation where this is the case where you know every member is thinking of others and I mean really it's, it's, it's a picture of a good marriage isn't it where, mm. where the two have come together and are thinking of the other that the husband with a self-sacrificial love the the wife uh, you know with a with an honour and, and even submission to, the, to her uh, husband's love for her as as he is putting her needs first, honouring and submitting to him is going to work beautifully. And as she honours and submits to him, he's gonna, she's going to make it easy for him to love and honour her. And it just kind of works as a picture. When it breaks down, it, it can be really, really hard when, mm. when one part is not doing, uh, kind of playing their part. Um, but I, I think what Dan's been trying to say is wherever you find yourself, as much as it depends on you, seek the good of others so that the system kind of works well and so if you're a leader seek the good of those that you serve which is the people Mm. 
Yeah. Just a little plug maybe out of that. Thinking about this idea of community, we're putting on this event on Wednesday, mm. the 3rd of March, uh, the, the Moore College Center for Christian Living event, yeah. which is going to be all about community. So that's going to be a chance to think through. We are this community of people where we have people in different positions of power. We have people who mm. maybe are more quarrelsome than others. You know, how do we make mm. it work? Can our church be a community where everyone can get on and things can be good for everyone? Yeah. Come and think that through with us on the 3rd of March at church. We'll be live streaming that together. And yeah. I think that'll help us on these kinds of questions. Nice. Well, mate, that's probably a good place to kind of leave it. Yeah. Um, I think, unless I've missed something else, I think we've done it. I think we, we're we, done. We, yeah. We've made it through the question. <laughs> if we missed your question, put it in again next week and yeah. we'll get to it next time. Fabulous. Uh, okay, good. So we've got one more week left in Proverbs. Uh, we're wrapping it up. Dan's taking us into... We're going to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 31. 31. Yeah. So the very last bit of uh, the, the Proverbs, there's this longer poem thinking about the wife of noble character mm. and having some, yeah, some, some thinking, some reflection, thinking about well, what that part of God's word has to say to us and... I'm sure it's going to be a treat. I've been loving this series so far and looking to the final instalment on Sunday. And we'll see you then. All right. Have a great week and we'll see you at church. Bye-bye.